episode 204 above ground podcast go your own way with lisa davi disclaimer the hosts of this podcast will foley and tpp are not medical professionals and this is not medical advice both Will and TPP have firsthand experience with mental illness. They have their own perspective and own thoughts on mental health challenges. These conversations aim to break down the walls while building stronger foundations for positive mental health. Above Ground Podcast was birthed to help those who struggle with their mental health through honest dialogue. By speaking openly and sharing tools, they foster connection. By fostering connection, they convey hope. With connection and hope, we can continue to increase awareness. This is Above Ground Podcast. Coming at you live with real conversations about mental health from the peer perspective. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now your hosts, TPP and Will Foley. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast, because you can't serve below. No, you cannot. Good morning, TPP. Here we go, buddy. Another Sunday. Well, there's my cup somewhere in there. I don't know. Disappeared <laughs> into the great white oblivion on my screen there. What's up, you man? Have, you have the uh, cloak of in- invisibility on. I do. Just don't realize. I, well, it's funny, though, if I get up and walk to the back, of this chair you can still see me in the in the gotcha. screen my, i see all my lights are out oh my, i know i'm it's hard not to miss that bald head <laughs> screaming at you in the screen uh so we're on zoom again this morning and we are joined by educator lisa davi uh lisa has been an educator for more than 25 years she is an high school english teacher she is a certified yoga and mindfulness teacher she is the creator of a program called Mindfulness Matters, which is a high school elected English course. And she is bringing mindfulness to teenagers who, wow, who need it more than probably most of us, because damn, if we can get to it that early, wow, how the world would change. So good morning, Lisa. How are you this morning? Thank you very much for joining us. Good morning, Will. Good morning, Tim. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for reaching out and for making this happen. I'm really excited to talk about mindfulness with adolescents. Awesome. Thank you very much for having us, man. Timmy, I'll let you kind of get this ball rolling because you got this whole connection going. So I, I saw a video from Lisa on Instagram. And it was saying, I believe it was like a clip from the news. And it was yeah, just it was saying CBS. how... Channel 2 News. Yes. Okay. So it was just saying how she brought, she was bringing this uh, mindfulness class into schools. And as you know, Will, and anybody else who knows me or listens to the podcast, that's my thing. It's like, we need to get this at, at a young age. We need to get this in schools. It's so huge. So I was just like floored. And um, you know how we are. It's like anybody that is, uh, you know, making changes like that, we want to talk with and, and help support in any way we can, just because you know, it, it takes hope doesn't spread itself, as Will says. So, uh, yeah. So just if, if you don't mind, just kind of tell us how you uh, kind of came about this whole Mindfulness Matters program. I'll go through the, the inception, how it all started. As I said, I've been teaching for a little over 25 years and times have changed since we've been in high school. High school generally for our generation was more fun, <laughs> not as much stress. Not everyone went to college. It was a little bit more relaxed. We didn't have phones. We didn't have social media. We didn't have all those pressures. And in the beginning of my teaching career, I saw a lot of how I was being raised and a lot of the the, the same situations, Very a very calm high school experience uh, mixed in with, with fun and good friendships, but little drama and very little anxiety and worry. And then probably about the last six years, I noticed a shift and I was teaching 10 pre-AP for English and those tend to be the overachievers. And I'd given uh, a fun assignment on um, Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carry. We were reading excerpts from The Things They Carried, which is about the Vietnam War and what soldiers physically carried, which was really heavy gear and through very difficult and challenging situations. So for my kids, I was like, all right, you know, write a paragraph about what you carry every day physically. That was fun. You know, that was sports equipment and backpacks and water bottles and Chromebooks and cell phones. And then the second day I said, write a paragraph about 
mentally and emotionally what you carry every day. And I really didn't know what to expect. It was the first time I gave this assignment. For every student, 22 students, it was a variety of different things, but the common denominator was stress, anxiety, loneliness, depression, feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxious, feeling like I'm not enough, not being able to live up to society's and parents' expectations. And that was the first year that I had given the assignment. And I was like, all right, I have to, I can't just grade this and give it back. I I have to address this. And our high school is about a little over 1,500 students. And we do have uh, a handful of social workers and psychologists, but there's probably six of them and over 1,500 students. So I met with each student in the back of the classroom for about five minutes each, went over what they wrote and talked to them about it and, you know, tried to help them with whatever they were going through. But we have to go on to the next thing, go on to whatever else in the curriculum. And then I gave the same assignment the next year and the same exact thing happened. So it wasn't a fluke. I saved some of their writings and I shared them with the head of my department. May and I, then the next may year, ask, yeah, go ahead. May I ask you one question as you're talking sure. about this? Did you come across anything that you had to report Not during that assignment? during that, but during other situations, when, when I started teaching mindfulness, a couple of times, I had to walk a student down to the school psychologist. Well, if okay. they willingly, they wanted to go. Okay. Right. So not, wrote- not really report, but connect someone who was, has a degree in this to talk to. Yeah, I just I wasn't sure, though, as a teacher also, and probably being a mandated reporter, I'm sure of, you know, Report yeah, no, 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 it was, it was normal. Like that, but. Oh, no, it was nothing like that. Okay, it I wasn't sure because like I mean, sometimes teachers are the only trusted source yeah. of anything. So I wasn't sure. Okay, awesome. Thank you for sharing. And then, uh, so then the third year was 2019, which we had discussed a little while ago. And this is before COVID. And I remember, you know, it, when you have this inspired idea, of creation, you, you tend to remember where you are and, and what's happening at that time. And I, I remember where I was sitting, it was early fall 2019, and I'm creating the same papers third year in a row, and it's happening again. And I said, Okay, well, I have to do something about this. I, I can't just keep on letting this go this they're, they're calling out for me to do something. And I was thinking, uh, you know, what are we doing as educators? What are we doing as a school to help these kids? We're giving them more tests. We're giving them more quizzes. We're giving them more deadlines. It's more difficult to get into college. It's more difficult to survive in the social media world and still feel like you love yourself and have confidence. It's more difficult to get on a team and then to get playing time. Everything has been exacerbated. I said, there should be a class. <laughs> and I just had this, this thought, there should be a class where these kids can go and, and just sit and be and feel safe and have this lifeline to this adult who knows how to live a mindful lifestyle because I had already been living, I had transformed my life and I had already been living this liberating, freeing, beautiful mindful lifestyle for probably about the past six years. So I knew what it was to live that old lifestyle of anxiety and worry and fear and shame and regret and guilt. And I didn't, I came out of that. So I was like, why do they have to wait to be in their (laughs) forties to learn this or maybe never learn it? Like, let's learn it now at 15, 16, 17 years old so they can prevent all the heartache and suffering that most adults live through. (laughs) So I jotted down the books that I had read that helped me tremendously that I live by. And I jotted down a couple of more notes and I, I took my notebook and I ran up to the head of my department's office. And I said, I have an idea. What if we have a class for these kids who are struggling and we, and we call it something about mindfulness and I, I teach them the techniques and the different perspectives to live their life joyfully and not suffering and that I teach them how to breathe and how to meditate and how to make better decisions for themselves. And she, her name is Tina Farrell. And she said, I love this idea. And she marched up to the assistant superintendent's office and said, Lisa Davi has this idea. What do you think? And he said, 
our students need this. We need this as a district. And within a couple of months, the Board of Education passed it. And we were up and running the fall of 2020, which happened to be right in the middle of COVID. Is it because of the books that you had read and said, these are the books that changed my life? And maybe even the four agreements. Is that how you got it to tie into an English class? Because I was more that because I was more intrigued by that fact that it's an English class, an English elective class. Because I was like, I wonder it must be teach it must be the books that she's using that got them. They're such awesome though. That is such a wonderful, wonderful books. The foundation of our class is the Four Agreements, which you both know by Don Miguel Ruiz, and and that's the foundation of the course. That's what we start with. And our district uh, generously buys each student their own copy. Oh, that's so amazing. Each student can annotate and highlight and, and take their notes and, and see their growth in it. And uh, and then the, the students buy the buy these books for their grandparents, for their parents. Um, they bring the book to college with them. They that start teaching awesome. the book. On their high school, um, on a high school, on their, on their college dorm, they start talking to other college students about it. So the story, the feedback that I've gotten is just tremendous over the years. Lisa, that is, I'm like, I got chills. Like, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, this is how change is done. I don't know if you realize the importance of what you did or are doing, but I talk about that. Like I have said the words before, like the four agreements should be in school like it should be a book that kids read in school right it's it's so amazing like i i've said these things because and you're you're just proving it it's like uh i i actually just recently sub self-published a book and i talk in there about how the whole school curriculum needs to change and be more like bring in mental health like more mm. fully than what you're doing but still that's a huge start but it's the same thing it's like these kids will learn it and then it's just going to, they're going to show that. And then when they grow up, they'll have better skills to teach their kids. And it's well, just everything gonna... in their life changes. Oh, Every geez. aspect, you know, you know it's funny because, um, you know, kids and you, you know, remember this when you guys were in high school, you know, you'll take this really difficult course or, you know, this really difficult science course or a math course. And you'll be sitting there at 16 years old. Like, when will I ever need this again in my life? And for mindfulness, when will I ever need this again in my life? Every single day. When when, no, never. when will you never not need this? Right. It, With every life. decision. Uh, it's life. It's a lifestyle. It, it is a it. lifestyle. I'll be How, honest with you. I spent more time cutting class. So I, <laughs> I really I really I really did. I did not apply myself during high school whatsoever. What what are uh, the other um, books, if you don't mind sharing that you that okay. kind of inspired you or yeah, I would love to share. So the first book is The Four Agreements, um, and that's the foundation. They get to own that book. And then from there, we do Into the Magic Shop with Dr. Jim Doty. He's this phenomenal person. I highly recommend that book. It's I've never even more. heard of that book. Oh, my gosh. Put it on your list and order it today. Who would it Into the Magic Shop? It's called Into the Magic Shop. And the author, he's a neuro, um, a neurosurgeon. His name is uh, Dr. Jim Doty or James Doty. He's been doing phenomenal work. You can also find him on Instagram with mindfulness. I actually had um, the pleasure of meeting him. I uh, flew out to California last February, and he also is a professor at Stanford. And he graciously met me for coffee and we spoke for an hour and he told me about all the work that he's been doing. And um, we got a picture together and, and now we still stay in touch. I told him I was going to be on your podcast this morning and he wrote back. Fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to reach out to him on um, Instagram and maybe get him on yeah. one day. Oh yeah. I'm sure he would love to do it. That'd be awesome. I mean, this is he, what, you know, has- he has a, a phenomenal story of what happened to him and how everything changed in his life because of his mindset. That's what it's about. Mindset, mm-hmm. perception. Absolutely. Our thoughts create like 90 are, are the images, our, our yeah. thoughts and words create the images that are broadcasted back to us in our life. 
So that's our second book. Um, and we do a project with that. And then our third book is The Secret. And there's also a documentary with The Secret. I've seen the I have movie not, half a dozen times. I've never heard of that one. The Secret's yeah, the got everybody in really it, too. Good. It's about the law of yeah. attraction. Uh, yep. I have not seen that one or heard of that. I'm sorry. And then the last book is The Fifth Agreement by ah, Don Miguel Ruiz. I have to and plead ignorance. Son. I have to plead ignorance. I do not know The Fifth Agreement. I know The Fifth Agreement came out, but I do not know The Fifth Agreement. So. <laughs> some, people, some people like it even better than The Four Agreements no. because it was written so much later. I guess even the author's knew it better so they re-explain the four agreements in the beginning and how they re-explain it is a little bit more easy to understand it could the four agreements in the beginning can be a little bit heady but the fifth agreement is very very clear and um, i also i teach to adults at my home every spring so i'm, I'm running a course uh the, the spring starting late april on the fifth agreement at my home for the adults and around the community that's awesome. That is yeah. so cool. That's how they like, that's what like Timmy said. And it's, it's great to see change agents. Like you really yes. are living, living that, that value. Living the life. The change, right. You know, be the change. Yeah. Oh. The world. That's why we did. That's why we started this, but it's, I love the correlation between the program that you started and our correlation of starting around the same time. Right. So, right. So happy four years to you as you, yeah. as you get there this year, because we'll yeah, be celebrating yeah. four years around the same time. Now is the fifth agreement one particular thing or does it kind of yeah. wrap up? Yeah. The so the four... fifth agreement, no, I want to guess, I want to guess that thing. it's to love yourself. I. <laughs> uh, well, no, that's more for, um, that's, I think that's really loving yourself is with the uh, impeccability of your word, because they say that Don Miguel Ruiz says that the biggest sin that you can commit is um, talking badly about yourself. Yeah, speaking against yourself. So yep. that, I think that's more the first agreement is to be impeccable with your word, um, to never use your word against yourself or anyone else. And then into the magic shop teaches you have to love yourself first completely in order to give love to others. So you have to love and accept yourself completely in order then to be bubbling over. And it, then it's easy to give out to other people. You it's have too so bad. much of it. It's too bad. It takes some of us so damn long to learn this though. Well, but it's and not that's... our fault because when, when we're born, we're born out of truth and love. We're beautiful little babies. All we know is truth and love. And that's why when you see a toddler or a little kid, they're totally undomesticated. They're just free, right? And they love themselves and they love life. And there's always this video of a little kid dancing around in front of a mirror and then singing and not worrying about how they look or how they're being perceived or what somebody may be judging them or saying about them. They don't even know about that yet. And they run over to the mirror and they kiss themselves in the mirror because they love themselves so much. And then that's lost right around middle school. And then that little voice comes in your head to tell you that you should be ashamed or you look foolish or you're ignorant or you're not pretty enough or not smart enough or not strong enough or not good enough. But that's not our voice. That's society's voice and media's voice and culture's voice and parents' voice. These are all the opinions that we've been hearing our whole life that we start to agree with. And that's, what, that's why the four agreements is to unlearn, unlearn all those thousands and thousands of opinions that everyone else had convinced us that we were and to get back to our true selves. We did a, an episode a while ago. Um, I don't remember what episode number, but it was d domesticated animals. It was about that just right. because, you know, I obviously stole the, the word domestication from Don Miguel, but um, right. the whole idea uh, of that. And I think what you just said to kind of piggyback off the fifth agreement is to me when it, it, it was, it was like you said, finding, it was almost learning to find yourself, find your way back to your authentic self. Yeah. I, th mm -hmm. I think he says the fifth agreement is, um, it's like be skeptical and learn to listen. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. So, you know, the teenagers call it sucks to be sucked, you know, to be suspect. 
Wow. Yeah, my 12-year-old so, uh, daughter tells me not to use that around her. She's like, please don't say that again. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to say it a lot because I, I just I just think it's fun just to bust on them now using their dialect against them. Yeah, it's it's to be it's to be suspect. It's to, you know, question everything. And that's what I tell my students. I said, don't believe me. Go and try it out for yourself. Like, listen to what I'm saying, but then go test it. Go try it out. That's and then a very figure it Buddhist, out for yourself. That's a very Buddhist mindful thing. Yeah. I just did. Well, I just said that at, uh, not that long ago at the Sager Circle. I said, don't take my word for it. You know, try this stuff out. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah, fully don't. aligned with everything that you're saying. It's yeah. It's, don't take anybody's word for it, man. Go find out for yeah. yourself. Yeah. I got to uh, go ahead, Lisa. Go ahead. Oh, just uh, for for what happens, what I've witnessed for um, these students. So now I'm in my third year. I, the first year we had 75 students take the class. The second year we had 95. And, and this year we have 130. And the feedback that I'm getting is everything in their life is getting better. So their grades are going up. <laughs> their relationship with their parents are improving their relationship with themselves. Well, you know, how much, as I tell them, I say, you know, you're your own best friend. You're your own soulmate. You're the, you're the love of your life. You're your biggest supporter. You're the only person who's going to be there for yourself for the rest of your life. So support yourself and love yourself. And then their relationship with their friend groups get better. They quietly uh, remove toxic people from their lives, you know, not with anger and resentment, but just quietly walking away and um they, they get they they make teams that they hadn't made before they get more playing time they actually they make more money my juniors and seniors who have jobs they begin to advocate for themselves and they ask for more money and they get it so these are the skills that they're going to carry into their 20s with the person they choose to marry how they're going to allow themselves to be treated uh when their jobs, like making more money, um, respect at work, and then how they raise their own children one day. It's that the entire trajectory of their lives is going to change because of what they're learning now. Fully, fully agree. I can't agree more. And I, I, I can't even contain my excitement. This is great. Uh, Isn't it exciting? I, I know. It, I love it. It's super exciting because it's like, and that was going to be half of my question was the how like, are you noticing more and more kids do it? And like you said, you are like each time you do it, you get more. I mean, what? And then you're seeing results. It's like, what more proof do you need? Like it is Tim, right in front of you. Tim, I can I can tell a mindfulness student over a non-mindfulness student by looking at their resting face. Just their resting face. Because they have, once they live this lifestyle, they have this peaceful glow to them and this they they always have just a slight smile on their face when i get them in september they look ruined they come in damaged and hurt and overwhelmed and and then month by month there's this evolvement and this growth and then they just fly when so the other, comes the other ahead, part sorry. the other part of the question is kind of like what you're saying now is was it hard or how did the students take to it like was it hard to introduce this stuff did kids kind of like turn their nose oh, or they open no their because I have such a love for it see I I don't I don't really feel like I work I I go to work but I it's I don't feel like I'm working because I love what I do so no they're really into it from the beginning because remember they elected to take the class so they want change in their lives. They they don't want to live this way anymore. They want something different. I don't think they know what to expect. I, and then once they get there, they're like, oh, okay. So it's it's really new. You know, even for people our age, it, it, they don't really know what it's all about. But, you know, we hear these terms of oh, mindfulness, visualization, manifestation, meditation. But unless you really try these out and read about it and practice it, you don't really know what they mean. They're just catchphrases. What brought you to this? That story. <laughs> yeah, let's let's so, hear a little bit of that. Like share, share and only share what you. Let me see what, how far. Let me see how far back I'm willing to go. Ah, we um, all got something. That's what brings us here, man. We're all, yeah, we're all know, wounded you know warriors. What? Yes, I, I was going to ask that and, too. Well, and you know, and it comes from the wounded heart, which right. is what 
Jim Doty teaches in, into the magic shop, you know, because he was so wounded and then he came out of it. I can't wait to read that book. You have to get back to me. So I was a, you know, happy-go-lucky kid and teenager and everything always worked out for me and everything was so great. And then um, I suffered um, a loss when I was 23. I lost my father, who was my best friend, who I wanted to like marry someone just like him. And we were always together and he was the love of my life. And he was 57 when I lost him. And uh, I don't, and, and that was, you know, my life before the loss and then my life after. And I, I never really um, healed from that, but I may believe that I did so that I went on with my life and I got my degree and I got my master's and I got a degree in administration and I got my career and then I met my husband and then I had five children <laughs> and, and I was always doing, doing, doing and going, going, going. And I was a runner and I, I ran half marathons and I was involved in triathlons and like a duck above the water, I was, oh, she could do it all. And look at her and career and husband and children and health and fitness. But beneath the water, I was struggling. And then I guess uh, my mind was saying, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. But my body started saying, no, you're not doing this anymore. And I started uh, probably about, let me think, about 12 years ago, I started um, feeling panicky, like my body was reacting now. And I started uh, having panic attacks. And, and I was like, what is this? And it was just such a new experience for me. And I started feeling unnecessarily anxious and afraid and worried that I couldn't sleep at night. And it really came to a head. And uh, I said, I can't, this is no way to live. And I probably lived like that for about five years. And I said, I can't do this anymore. And I wanted to change everything. So um, I started reading and doing research. And I, and I love to read. I love to research. I love to look up podcasts and documentaries. And then I found the four agreements, which was probably about nine years ago. And I read it and I said, oh, this is much better. This is life changing. And then I started practicing it. And then I would talk about it with everyone. And then I found into the magic shop about eight years ago. And then I found the secret. So, so all the books that helped change my life, we read with my students in my class. And then I hung up my running shoes and I found yoga and meditation. And now I'm really slow <laughs> instead of being really fast in my life. Cause I realized, you know, why am I racing through my life? What's what's at the end? Like, what's the finish line? The finish line is death. Why am I racing towards death? <laughs> you know, let me take my time with this, uh, which is about what that's what mindfulness is. It's just living in the moment. And now I don't, now I'm not afraid of anything. I don't have any fear. I don't have any shame. I don't have any guilt. I have no regrets. I'm doing the best that I can do as a wife and a mom and an educator and as a human being. And it's, it's a much better way to live. So that was my journey and how I transformed. Wow. Thank you very much for sharing that. That was, that was quite the story. Wow. I love, uh, I, I, again, going back to the four agreements, I love that you found that and it changed your life. It was, for me, it was such, it was like, literally my mind was blown. I was just like, why is this, like this actual thing not taught? Like the, that is the foundation mm -hmm. for like a great life. To live the, to yeah. be, to, you know what I mean? To follow those agreements and really like understand them and utilize them. Wow. It's it, like you said, it's, yeah, it's life changing. Tim, it is life changing. And to me, what's interesting is, you know, I probably have read that book probably 50 times. <laughs> I, you, you can still read it and, and get something else out of it because the book remains the yep. same, but you change. So something that you missed last year, you're going to, oh my gosh, that's so neat. I can't believe I didn't pick up on that last time. So that could be reread dozens of times and it will still, it will still be like a best friend in your corner. Per yeah. Perfectly said. Yeah. Like you said, we change. you know, when you read it, you know, maybe a year ago, you were a different person, you know? Right. So as you start to learn and grow, 
you may see things differently and, and you may hear it differently the next time. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. So I just had this conversation with somebody the other day. Um, and I was hoping that maybe you could kind of shed a little light or at least give your thoughts on it. Um, so about staying in the moment, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of people I've heard the, the comment of what if <laughs> I'm still, I'm trying to stay in the moment. What if the current moment is I'm struggling. It's, it's, it's hurtful. It's, it's painful. It's, it's those things. Now to me in my head, I kind of analyzed it and I'm thinking you're almost not truly staying in the moment because if, if it, if it, if that moment is that bad, there's some kind of thought that you're thinking from the past, or maybe you're thinking ahead into the future, right? Bringing that mm -hmm. into the present moment. Mm -hmm. What do you? So, yeah. So I teach my students, uh, we have this symbolic tool belt that we carry around with us. Of course and... you do. We talk about that all the time. <laughs> and um, something that, uh, is making you upset or angry, you have to say, well, why am I taking this personally? And that's one of our tools. Like nothing that anyone else says or does has anything to do with you and everything to do with that person. So there's no reason for you to take it personally. You know you. You, you know what you're capable of. You know who you are. No one's going to tell you who you are or what you can do or what you can't do. Uh, no, I know myself, you know, thank you very much. So if you're not taking anything personally, there's going to be very rare situations where you're going to be upset over something because you know who you are. You're your biggest supporter. You don't have to listen to someone else's anger or opinion. Even if they say, you know, you did this, you made me this way, you make me crazy. Even if they're yelling at you and pointing in your face, you know that person's anger and fear has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. And you can feel empathy for them. You know, you don't have to wash your hands with them. You could be like, well, that's, that's, uh, I feel that, bad that, for them. That's a, and that's a huge tough skill within itself to, to, to not only not take things personally, but then to, to turn around and take the next step and, and have empathy for that person. That's for well, me at least. But that you was, know what? Yeah, but Tim, you're really having empathy and forgiveness for yourself. When for yourself. you forgive someone else, you're really you're really doing right. it for you and for your mental and emotional health. So everything is everything that I mean, you know through the law of attraction, everything that you give out, you get back. So if you're giving out forgiveness and kindness and compassion, you go, everyone's a mirror image of you. You're just going to get that back. Was there one of the four agreements that was more? tough to um, incorporate into your life than the others? Did you Probably struggle with one of them the, more? The easiest ones for me, the ones that were just so easy and that were just immediately life-changing were uh, the first to be impeccable with your word uh, because we, I don't know if you guys um, had read about this or, or have heard of it, but our main form of communication is gossip. Our main form of communication is gossip. and it's not our fault either because this is we grow up with all the adults around us talking about the neighbors the coaches the teachers someone at work like that's how people communicate and that's how I communicated um, but it's not even our parents fault because this is just this is cyclical this is how people this is what we do in our society so to stop engaging in that is really wonderful because one of my students said, uh, she's actually a sophomore in college now. One of my first students for mindfulness said, I have nothing to say in the best way possible. And I was like, that should be in a bumper sticker. Like, <laughs> so I found that I, I talk a lot less <laughs> because if I'm not going to say something kind and compassionate or something uplifting or, or something to contribute to society, then I should just be quiet. And so that one, I really loved. And the other easy one for me was always do your best. And that saves you from guilt, regret, and shame, which I always felt. So if you want to relieve yourself from guilt, regret, and shame, do your best in everything that you do. Getting back to your initial question, 
probably what's hardest for me or what was hardest for me was don't take things personally. Because I took everything personally. Everything. Somebody looked at me weird. Why do they look at me that way? <laughs> How dare that person say that? You know. And now I now I laugh. Now I now I find it amusing. Now I'm like, bring it on. Because anything that you say about me, uh, it has nothing to do with me. It, I know who I am. So it really doesn't That's matter true. anymore. What? I'm rubber, your glue bounces off me. <laughs> true. Lisa, what, since you brought up the tool belt, we always talk about tools here. What um, tools help you kind of um, overcome that taking things personally and, you know, decreasing that struggle with that? I, so, you know, it, it became a mantra um, in my mind. If if somebody was losing control in front of me, you know, I have five children, so there's always different personalities. If someone's going through like a spiral or, um, uh, you know, uh, going to like a temper tantrum or something, I know that, okay, they're, they're going through this. They're afraid, um, they're anxious, they're upset, they're tired, they're hangry. Uh, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with them. And then I switched it to, how can I help you? So the person who's going through something, instead of saying, wow, that person's crazy or, you know, what's wrong with that person? That person has anger issues. You say, can I help you? How can I help you? Do you need help? Can I help you do something? And that just immediately stops whatever is going on because now you're willing to help the person is going through something for people that you know, and for people that you don't know. Yeah. For people that you don't know, you know, it doesn't really matter what's going on. Yeah. Right. Yep. I agree. And people's lives, it's coming from somewhere and, and it's, it's unfortunate for them, but, but those things I, I teach my students because there's so much drama going on in high school, you know, with the friend groups and, and Instagram and TikTok and, who's invited where and who's not, you know, with the, the, um, the, in, uh, the, the exclusivity, like, you know, excluding people, excluding groups. And I, um, I teach my students that a truly content person, a truly happy person is not, is never going to lash out on other people. Right. So that's where it's coming from. Like if someone's going after you or talking about you or lashing out, like they're going through something in their lives that has nothing to do with you. And they love that because it protects them. These tools protect them in high school. In multiple ways, I think. It protects them in multiple ways, mental, emotional, physical. I mean, it's just yeah, like you said, like you said, it's a way of life, I think. And I'm I know I speak for both of us, but I'm like so grateful that we had this conversation and that you are changing the world, you know, making things a better place. Thank you. Yeah, that's Lisa, awesome. I love, I love, as you can see, I love to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's why. As do when, we. Yeah, that's <laughs> why we do what we do. And we've been doing it for as long as we've been doing it with, you know, and we get to talk to people like yourselves and we get to be the curators of hope, as I like to call us, because we get to share these stories and, that's the way we change it, man. We change it by having these stories and normalizing these conversations and making these yeah. emotions. And I love the fact that you're an English teacher, but um, I'm going to save that question for when we get into this next round. So I, we don't want to take up too much of your time and we're going to wrap up right now. Uh, I know t we could talk to you other times. So I'm looking to come to you again at some point. We're looking to come to you again at some point as you're, as you carry on in your journey, if that's cool with you, we'd love Happy to have you wonderful. back on. Um, but we wrap that. up the we wrap up the show with three questions every time we do this. So let's start the round. <laughs> this one fits because she's an English teacher, so we'll probably hear a few things maybe that we haven't heard. Um, do you have a favorite or a least favorite word? Probably what we just talked about. I think my my least favorite word is gossip. And my favorite word having to do with this mindfulness class is impeccability. Yeah, we definitely did not have either one of those ever said on the show. I can tell you that. That that because those that that wow, that was awesome. Yeah, definitely not. Most pe and most people don't even look at gossip as that. It's so normalized in our settings everywhere that 
that, I agree. Well, you know what I mean? It's it, just like it's normalized. It, I, like like, we do. I was interested in hearing her, like her take on it. And then actually I was like, yeah, I agree. But I, I guess I didn't have a word for it. Like, even though, it, you mm-hmm. know, we all know the word gossip, but I just didn't correlate it to that. But it's, right. it's just, we, just, just to remove that from your life will, will, will save you so much drama and, and so much miscommunication and hurt feelings and misunderstandings. Freeing way to live to not just not include that in your life whatsoever. Absolutely. But we live in town. And it's a practice. It's a yeah. practice. Like, you know, but the more just like anything that you're good at in life, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. That's awesome. So that yeah. brings us to our next question because we talk a lot about language on the show. And I found that Byron Katie's website called The Work, and she has a, a list of positive and negative emotions that. I keep copies of everywhere and I'm fortunate enough to work in the field too, as a case manager and stuff. So I get to do this stuff every day too, and practice some, a lot of this stuff and learn new things. So as an English teacher, do you teach your students a language of emotions with oh, so outside funny. of, with outside, like with a list of stuff, or do you base it all within the books and kind of make create your literature. own vocabulary list? Yeah. So, well, it's so neat that you just brought that up because when my students come in, um, I'll, I'll say to them like in September, you know, and they're just kind of looking at me like, who is this person and what's going on? Cause it's just so different from what they're used to. And, and I tell them, um, even if you don't like reading, you will, you will know these books so well that you will be sitting at Christmas dinner and you will be able to freely quote these books and they're kind of looking at me like quote a book what and and they do because mindfulness has its own language and words that they didn't know before or weren't using before now they speak this language and I said you will have your own mindfulness language and these are terms that you will use and it's terms like visualization and abundance and the law of attraction and impeccability. These are the words that they begin to use. And um, like I'll have a student come in class and say, Miss Dobby, I'm feeling so abundant today in every way. Because that's just covered, that's an umbrella that just covers everything in your life. So they, they do form their own vocabulary and language and it's through the books that we read. Do you have a list of that <laughs> vocabulary? Do you keep a list of that vocabulary? You created one. And if not, you should. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I just have all of my books that the pages are falling out now and, and everything just highlighted and underlined. So I could make a list for sure pretty easily. Yeah, I that would be that's a great idea. Well, you know, I, would, I would for and, your students, because I yeah. will say this to piggyback on what you said. This is really all a practice. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. And, and by better is just by becoming more of yourself and shell and, and leaving more of the shell and leaving more of the roles and leaving and finding more of the true, you know, essence of who you were as a kid and coming back right. to that and, and things. And, that's- and what I, what I love is I, these students start teaching their parents because the parents see such a great change in their child. Now they're saying, wait, what book are you reading and, and what's going on? So they start teaching their parents. I have um, students teaching their grandparents about it, buying their grandfather the four agreements. And then the grandfather will text the granddaughter at school and say, I hope you're being impeccable with your words today. I know I am. <laughs> so we're reaching generation after generation because now they're, they're mastering this life. Now they can teach it. Wow. Truly affecting change, man. I love it. That is awesome. I do. This, it's, I, I, get, I got goosebumps. It's I so know. Great. So do I. So it's do so I. Awesome. So this, I love this it. perfectly leads into this last question. So let's hit her with it. If there was something that you could do or that you would like to see done for mental health as a whole without any kind of restraints, what would it be? Okay. So I was talking to Will right before we, we came on about my vision. So I did some research about physical education, and I think the the year was 1919 that they mandated it to be a requirement to graduate. And it was mainly because of hygiene issues, which is interesting because there was so so much disease 
in the early 1900s. So it was mainly for hygiene. It turned into the, the physical aspect of it um, with sports and everything and activities. So we've had physical education in our schools for over 100 years. I think it's time for us to have mental and emotional education as a high school requirement. And because gym is every other day, the other, the other day could be mindfulness, that we could pair the every other day with that. I really think that this is grassroots. And I bet you in five, 10 years, that mental and emotional education will be a high school requirement to graduate. Let me ask you this, actually, because would maybe incorporating yoga into that speed it up because you could include it as a physical education element? Because I would think that yoga would suffice as a physical education, I would think. Well, I, yeah, but I, I think it's separate. I think that yoga is great for physical education, but I think for your mental and emotional education, it would be more of these tools that they need to learn, the books that we read, and then meditation and breathing. So I end uh, every one of my classes with a five to seven minute medita- guided meditation and breathing. And, and then they begin to practice these meditations and visualizations at home in the morning and before they go to bed. Wow. That's incredible though. That's that just is. incredible. I mean, imagine how much better your life at the lunchroom table is after taking that class. Yeah. That's, wow. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing what you do and, and coming up with this, allowing us to, to spread the word about your, about your uh, program and, and what you're doing. Cause you really are. I mean, we, we talk about it all the time on this show, man, cause we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for, for awesome individuals like you who do what you do and willing to come on and share what you do with us. But like, we like are so happy to be able to have this conversation and be able to just sit in the room and be part of it. It's, it's so awesome. Thank you very much for your time and, and for allowing us to, to share your time and, and introducing yourself to us and letting you in and letting us into your world. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Tim. It was my pleasure. Kudos to the uh, um, the school too, and the, the superintendent and those involved that helped yeah. get this in motion. Because <clears throat> I think that's a hurdle for a lot of schools. And uh, right. you know, I, I again, if they could see what you're doing and see the results, it's it's. I mean, and that's just you know how long you've been doing it? Three years. Yeah, three years. And this so is it's how like, much is can, can you imagine years, another like, like fi- another five years? Like it's just going to grow yeah. and grow and turn into this, uh, you know, amazing monster. That's just now is this, is this offered in freshman year? Uh, So our school district, um, the high school is 10, 11 and 12. So it's an elective 10, 11 and 12. They have have their own building. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way our our district does it too, because there's so many incoming freshmen. Yeah. Yeah. So you can take it in 10th, 11th or 12th grade. Okay. So you get, you get pretty much a full school cycle. Like you actually get yeah. a really cool overview of the school career because you get them after yeah. freshman year when they've gone through the ringer of the right where they and where they were tortured and <laughs> yeah and, and yeah then, middle school rough years middle school very rough for kids uh, and yeah. then um, my students love the class so much that they want to take it again so they serve as interns um, when they come back the next year so I have six oh. interns this year assisting wow. me yeah again yeah, more more proof more proof yeah <laughs> it's like, you know what i mean they, they want to be better people already it's like oh, amazing yeah. that's awesome well they, they love proof. the lifestyle they they absolutely love the lifestyle well i love that you use that word because i see that and i've noticed that you choose that word because it is it really is a lifestyle and timmy says oh, yeah. this all the time mm-hmm. and i actually now i understand why timmy says this. oh it's everything it's 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 mind body and spirit it's everything it's a way to live that's awesome i just wanted to ask you quick is it do you can you do you want to give the school district or anybody a shout out for allowing this i oh. don't know what you can and can't oh say. sure yeah yeah no i'd love to promote it yeah so it's massapequa high okay. school in Massapequa, Long Island, New York. And, um, it, you know, it's a great school district and they've supported everything that I'm doing. 
Awesome. And so the parents, the parents have given us wonderful feedback on Facebook and on Instagram and in writing me personal emails and, and thanking me. So the, the parents are big supporters also of the class. That's more great. proof. You had any pref- has, have you had any press coverage in Massapequa from any of the local Yes. News? So, uh, so CBS covered the story. That's what I think Tim saw, uh, Channel okay. 2 News in New York. Um, okay. Carolyn Gussoff. Carolyn Gussoff had covered the story and, and she loved it. And we've been texting back and forth, um, keeping in contact. I told her about the podcast also this morning. Carol Gussoff? She covers Carolyn Gussoff. Okay. I think it's G-U-S-O-F-F. She came, she, they stayed for over two hours. They interviewed my students. They filmed me teaching the class. They interviewed the mm. superintendent. And, and we were on CBS about three weeks ago. It was that's an amazing awesome. experience. Yeah, it was yeah, really cool. Awesome. The, kids, it's, the kids were interviewed. They talk about using the language and uh, the vocabulary. Yeah. They, they sounded amazing during the interviews, like really well-spoken and well-read. If, if we can keep the adults in the room from blowing up the goddamn world, we might actually have a better shot of like a better yeah. world with these kids coming out, man, if we can mm-hmm. keep it all together, but. Yeah. Lisa, have you real quick, have you heard of or read yourself um, the book, What Happened to You with uh, uh, Dr. Bruce Perry? Put that on your list. No, I haven't. Okay. And especially because we were, you, you had mentioned earlier, we were talking and you had, you know, kind of like you were saying, if somebody is blowing up or whatever, you know, we're, we're we're always like, what's wrong with you? But the way this book is, it's like it's what happened to you and and he explains situations in like schools and stuff and i was like yeah it's bruce perry and oprah okay and then uh the one book that really flipped me around was reboot by jerry kalana that book was like really that was big thanks but thank you so much for your time it's been awesome oh yeah it's great talking to you guys this is a lot of fun Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll talk Lisa. soon. Then. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Have a All great right. day. Have a great weekend. You also you enjoy Bye, the rest guys. of the school great year. Great meeting you. Great meeting All you. All right. Let's keep in touch. Keep in touch. Bye. Yes, yeah, definitely. we will. Bye. Bye. Will, what a great conversation that was with uh, Lisa. Wow, dude. Lisa, wow. Bringing, bringing mindfulness and all that to high schools in Long Island. Wow. I, I got to give a mad shout out to Massapequa High School. Yeah. Wow. Who would have thought that? You know, on Long Island, man, there was a, a teacher who was transforming, like doing, being the change in real time, man. Who would have thought mindfulness matters that much? That's right. Yeah. Who would have known? Man. Holy cow. Mindfulness matters. Yes. Dude, another ne- conversation. Yep. Wow. Until next week. Dude, we're passing past four years. Holy shit. Like, this is crazy. Like, we're just like mad dashing to wherever we're going. <laughs> wherever we're going wherever that is (laughs) wherever that is until next week get well be safe stay above thank you for giving us a listen new episodes every wednesday if you listen on apple podcast you can share rate review and even subscribe so you'll never miss an episode other ways to support the show follow us on social media share the content share our episodes you can also buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash above ground pod for further concerns show ideas or just to say hi you can email us at above ground podcast at gmail once again thank you for listening and supporting mental health keep the conversation going and stay above